All right, welcome everyone to the year that was dot dot dot. I'm your host, uh, Aaron Maxson, along with my uh, co-host for the evening, uh, Mr. Nate Maxson. What's up, bitches? Uh, it's just me and Nate this week due to just some Archie having some family issues, Mark Payton doing whatever he does. Those guys couldn't be here tonight, so it is what it is. Um, this week we are going to be discussing um, the WCW Nitro and the WWF Raw from 6-2-1997. If you guys aren't aware of what this show is, we're just basically doing it by week, month by month breakdown of major wrestling of a year. Uh, the inaugural year we picked was 1997 because across the board with the age group of all the guys here on the network, it's kind of uh, kind of our childhood. Like I shouldn't say childhood. Basically, when when you're of that age, of that when you're when you're like 13 to like 15, what was popular at the time is kind of your thing. You know what I mean? So your, for, like, your, form, you your formidable years. Yeah, when you actually start um, enjoying things that aren't influenced by your parents or whatever, you know what I mean? So anyway, that's what we're discussing, and it's my it's in my top two favorite years of wrestling anyway, so that's why we're discussing it. Um, if you want to follow along chronologically, um, stop listening to this and go to the beginning, but if not, or if you've been listening along, we're rolling into this... Uh, we're rolling into this show, and um, if you don't have anything, Nate, we can go ahead and start. Nope, I'm good. All right. Um, we're going to discuss um, – we'll discuss Raw first. We're going to talk about WWF Monday Night Raw first. Like I said, 6-2-1997 there in Huntington, West Virginia. I forgot to write down the name of the building. I think it was just the Huntington Civic Center. But anyway um, – this is more of a, as far as I remember, this is more of a WCW hotbed. WWF decided to go in here. Um, the show starts with the gap of last week, um, which is one of my favorite main events in Raw history. It's Austin and Moss beating um, um, Owen and Bulldog for the tag team titles. And they also show the end of the show where The Undertaker returned to Paul Bearer to. Um, prevent whatever this big secret is from coming out. The broadcast team for the evening is Vince McMahon and Jim Ross. Um, Lawler isn't doing a lot of commentary now because he's going into the King of the Ring. And I just, over, over time, I noticed, unless he was, when he was feuding with Brett, it was different. But a lot of times when he would go into angles, he didn't do a lot of commentary. Um, I just, it's something I noticed. Um, yeah. The, well, in the, the, the Brett thing, in the Brett thing, it was a way for him to cut promos, you know. But here, they yeah. put him in a tournament or whatever. They put him in some random thing with Brian Christopher or something like that. They didn't really do that. But yeah, for his commentary during the Brett feud was a way for him to cut promos, unopposed by yeah. Brett. <laughs> yes. Um, the show starts. Um, Undertaker comes out to the arena. Um to possibly, dis to possibly explain his decision from last week. Um, Paul um, Undertaker says that it's simple, but also complicated. He says that being blackmailed and um, uh, 
He says he's accepting the blackmail because hurting Paul Bear wouldn't fix anything, and he is protecting his loved ones from the past. Um, we don't know what he's talking about here, but um, we'll get there eventually. Paul Bear comes out to the arena. Uh, he says Taker talks too much, so maybe start talking too much too. Um, Bear tells Undertaker that he has to do whatever he tells him to do, or he'll put the secret out there, and then he says that he is the, the, the ruler of the world, which then um, prompts Psycho Sid return uh, from his from his heart attack. He had a heart attack, um, which he didn't really have a heart attack. But anyway, uh, Softball Sid returns. He makes his way out. He calls he, he he says, "Shut up, fat man," to Paul. Um, and says that he's the ruler of the world. And then he says that um, basically he was the champion and this, that, and the other thing. And um, if anybody was going to beat him for the belt, and um, basically if anybody had to beat him for the belt, he would have, he, he preferred that it was the Undertaker. So he's putting over Undertaker, beating him at WrestleMania, and says that, like, you know, Undertaker was this locker room leader and he respects him even through defeat and this, that, and the other thing. But then basically says that Undertaker has thrown it all away because he's accepted this blackmail and yada, yada, yada. And then um, he basically cashes in, as they would say nowadays, his rematch clause for the title last night. So Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid wants to face the Undertaker um, says he res still respects him, but he's um, how do how do you want to say it? disappointed in him basically. Um, but then the nation of Dayton, nation of nation of domination, come out, and Farouk says he'll rule the WWF after King of the Ring, and then also um, said that even though he was basically he's doing the kind of the same thing, saying that that he respected the Undertaker, but. Um, him selling out to blackmail is pathetic, basically. Um, so basically, all these wrestlers, they're, they're putting over the fact that Undertaker's a locker room leader and that all these people, even though he's feuded them and stuff, still respect them, and now they're saying that he's basically a coward. And they're they're let down by the Undertaker not just beating the shit out of Paul Bear. Um, and, and that's just kind of how that ends. Isn't okay. it ironic that... Isn't it ironic that you can't tell which story they're talking about because the Undertaker talks about being blackmailed. And he's also feuding with a blackmail. So you don't know if they're yes. talking about <laughs> Kane or Farouk. <laughs> I know it's uh, not Kane um, yet. We don't know the secret yet, but I just thought that was funny. I, I know, but everybody knows what it is. Um, he actually kind of makes that joke at King of the Ring. But that's next week. But anyway, um, then as they're going to commercial, um, Ahmed Johnson cuts a promo. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he said. I really don't. like, they would always just put him like in the wrong room with the wrong acoustics. And he talked like a mile. And no, like nobody was just like, slow down. Like just slow down. Johnson, just, just, I, I can't understand a fucking word you're saying. Nobody knows what you're saying. Either slow down or just don't talk. 
But anyway, um, but I discovered what the promo was about was this upcoming match with Farouk because um, they show a recap of the story of Ahmed Johnson and Farouk. Uh, so that's our first opening match. Ahmed Johnson versus Farouk. Um, the Nation of Domination um, get involved behind the rest back, which then brings out The Undertaker. He's back out. Um, the Nation of Domination pile The Undertaker, and um, Taker's fighting back. Ahmed Johnson gets out of the ring. Um, and Undertaker ends up throwing Farouk, like he gives him like a, an Irish whip, whatever, and um, this knocks Farouk into Ahmed Johnson, who then hits the stupid head on the steps, like, poof, and he takes a hell of a step bump, but he smashes in the steps. Um, I put maybe this will help him speak well now, and uh, Farouk ends up pinning um, Ahmed Johnson to win the match, and then Ahmed Johnson ends up confronting The Undertaker for getting involved in his match, saying that he cost him the match. And Undertaker doesn't talk back. He just chokeslams him and leaves. And Ahmed Johnson, on television, took an Undertaker chokeslam and um, kind of just got back up. Like, what the fuck? And Ahmed and Farouk is the, the commercial. Ahmed and Farouk is the feud that won't end. Because it, it it was it's similar but not the same of what I was saying about the Randy Savage DP thing. Anytime it would start getting momentum and they could roll into like you know, complete when them got hurt or something. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. they just kept hurting yeah. each other. Because they fucking hated him, and they just kept hurting each other. Um, so. Unless you got anything else on that chaotic segment, nope. we'll move on. Um, the next thing is a recap of Bret Hart being beat up by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, because after their um, tag team victory last week, Austin left Michaels to go attack Bret because Bret was by himself and yada, yada, yada. Um, Vince McMahon interviews Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation in the ring. HBK and Shawn Michaels are on the Titan Tron and they're in separate locker rooms. Um, McMahon questions Bret Hart about his injury and if he's able to um, compete at King of the Ring. Bret Hart says the match is off and it's Stone Cold's fault. Um, HBK and Bret, HBK and Austin are arguing about Bret um, from each other's locker rooms, you know, and. Um, um, basically, Sean says, I would have finished him off. You didn't even beat him up, right? Like, he's not even gone. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And then Austin says that he'll he'll kick Sean's ass and this, that, and the other thing. And um, Austin um, tells HBK to come get some. <clears throat> so HBK ends up leaving his locker room to go confront Steve Austin. And um, they get face-to-face. But they don't want to fight because later on, if you remember, they have to defend against the LOD, who challenged them if they won last week. And then, um, you know, in a, it's a weird way to get out of not being able to have the main event Bret Hart, um, Shawn Michaels match. Brian Pillman, um, well, it's not weird, but it's kind of, it's, 
I, I don't know. Maybe after I explain it, it'll sound different. Brock Pillman gets the idea, and I think his character was like, oh, these guys are amped up. Let's do this. He says, as long as you'll face me next week on Raw, Steve, um, um, you can have you can have Brett spot at King of the Ring. Like, don't you, you don't have to wrestle me at King of the Ring. You can wrestle me the next night on Raw. How about you take Brett's spot? And um, um, basically, Austin um, jumps at it. So they've set up. They're replacing Hart versus Shawn Michaels with Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels at King of the Ring, which the old wrestling adage is if, you, if you've promoted something and um, you can't um, um, execute it, you might as well better replace it with something just as good or better. And over deliver here yes um so we're, we're not getting the Shawn michaels bret hart rematch but uh, for the first time ever on pay-per-view the tag team champions will face each other um sean michaels versus brett or sean michaels versus austin has now replaced brett versus sean so that's what and that there was is. there were backstage machinations with this and 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 um something going on with brett's knee and it's another one of those things where the things going on behind the scenes actually led to them having to get more creative and layer the stories and stuff on TV, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's, it's, I think honestly, I think they've thought or Brett thought he was better than what he was like health wise and whatever. But like, like I don't think Brett was, because the fight Old hasn't Shawn happened Michael. yet. I don't think the fight has happened yet. Or did it already happen? I don't remember. Where they had to pull each other apart? Yeah. That might Honestly, that might be what re-aggravated it. It might be. I'd have to look. or <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to my own show. But I can't remember on the timeline when, when the Bret Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels fight, backstage fight happened. Because I know, I know that it was one of those things where Sean stormed out. It was an unsafe work environment, and Brett it did re aggravate a knee injury, I think, during the fight. Um, I think that's probably it's probably this. Which, if you're Vince McMahon, you got to be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but anyway, um, though probably not. He loved it. I think. <laughs> Jim Ross was probably more what the fuck. Vince is probably like, let's work with these yeah. guys at each other. You know what I mean? But, yeah, Vince has to but, deal uh, with it. Or, I mean, JR has to deal with it. Yeah, Vince just gets to fucking sit back and watch. Well, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like, back in that day, it's like they almost want their locker room to all get along. Which is weird. But anyway, um, they end up recapping um, the Bob Holly. Actually, oh, and actually, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I looked it up. Well, I knew it, I knew it was around this time. Um, the backstage fight actually happened on. It's going to be next week. It's at the June 9th, '97 Raw. So right. the the match um, thing must the match must have gotten changed. The match must have gotten changed because of Brett's knee, and I know that when they have the fight, it re-aggravates Brett's knee even worse too. Yeah, I just I I 
I love Bret Hart's book, but I haven't read it in years. I thought about starting reading, reading it again, but I knew um, I couldn't remember like in his book, if he was complaining that Sean fucked his knee up because he was hurt. But I think it was more like um, basically calling him a pussy because he came at him because he hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm hurt and that's why you're trying to do this kind of how they said with, um, um, uh, Jock being and and dynamite fucking with him. And that's why Mm -hmm. dynamite kind of lost a bit of the locker room. Um, um, that's why the locker room kind of sided with those on it. Cause it's like, why are you fucking with him when he's hurt? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, we're not even here to talk about that. Um, they recap um, Bob Penn and Owen in the non-title intercontinental match from two weeks ago, and because of that, <clears throat> um, excuse me, Bob gets a um, an actual intercontinental title match tonight on Raw against Owen. Um, they have a really good match. I put in my notes that um, I think Bob Holly's super underrated. I don't think he gets talked about enough. I know it's that I know he wasn't everybody's favorite cat, but like he, he was an underrated worker, I think. And the proofs in the fact they're so long. Yeah. But I just think he got I think he got pigeon toed in the in the, like being a hand. And I I, I think he, I think Bob Holly should have had a bigger career than what he did, in my opinion. But well, I mean you look, I mean, and again, like you said, we're not talking about certain this year or that year or whatever. But when he had that, when he had that run with Brock, he was super over and that was a main event run, you know, and Brock broke his neck and then he came back after a year and challenged Brock at the rumble. And I mean, he was fucking over. Yeah. So I, I enjoy Bob and I also enjoyed this match, which Owen ends up winning, which is fine. Um, he wins via submission with the sharpshooter. Um, and then Shawn Michaels says that he agrees that he'll face Stone Cold at King of the Ring. Um, and then Vince McMahon and Jim Ross discuss the fact that these guys will be fighting each other in the ring. Um, but also tonight they have to team to face um, LOD, um, which Jim Ross is putting over LOD is like, you know, these two guys hate each other and they have to go in and fight like, like the most dominating team of the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. So that, that's what their power is, is that these guys can't get along. Plus, even if they could get along, they're fighting the Legion of Doom later. So, right. They're good. They're, they're, they're doing a good job at putting over the fact that these titles could change tonight. Um, and then, um, they do a super soaker man, and I, I didn't want to do audio tonight. I got home and I didn't have time to set it up or whatever. Um, but it's basically all the people that Sonny has been been squirting lately. Um, <laughs> it's honky. T- <laughs> I said it. It's honky tonk man, uh, Jim Cornette, and the headbangers, and they're in a hallway, and. Um, and basically, Honky Tonk Man says to the headbangers, Jimmy and I will get her to come down the hallway. And when he gets down here, 
I want both of you guys to give it to her. Oh, no. So they hide, and um, Jim Cornette and Honky Tonk Man say, Hey, Sonny, come down here. We want to talk. And it's like, uh, these idiots, you know. And then she walks down there, and she has some, they're going to try to, like, the, honk, the headbangers are going to try to come from each side of the hallway and, and shoot her with her super soaker, but she has some super soaker that, that goes forward, plus veers off to the side. So she hits, she hits all of them, and they all get soaked by Sunny. And, and I think this might be this might be the payoff for the super soaker mission. Sunny's did all her opponents. The money end. shot, if you will. The money shot at the end. Yes. So it's the end of the super soaker Sunny secret mission. So, so there you go. It's like this storyline in The Undertaker. It's like Dom Raw. Anyway, um, the next match is um, one that I know Nate would have glowing reviews for. It's once again Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Gold Dust. Jesus Christ. Forget what I said about Ahmed and Farouk. Forget what I said about Ahmed and Farouk. This, uh, yeah, this fucking so this thing uh, is. This fucking Hunter and uh, and Goldust thing. It's the never-ending story. Yes. It just keeps going. Um, it's even going to get it. It's even going to wind up happening again in the fucking ruthless aggression. But anyway. Um, that, was, that was entertaining by then, though. Yeah. Um, Tourette, Tourette's Goldust and Hunter reacting. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's good stuff. But anyway. That was, that was good shit. That was good shit. Um but it's Hunter and Gold Dust. Gold Dust is with Marlena. Hunter's with China. Um, the crowd's pretty hot for Gold Dust, actually. They're excited to see him. Um, um, we find out that the winner of this match gets a European title shot next week. Um, but it's nothing new between these two. Just the same old match. Um, China ends up getting. She gets up on the apron and, and um, she's gonna try to like hit Gold Dust, but Gold Dust does the old, the old school spot where he reverses it and obviously sends Hunter into China. So Hunter's off China, and then um, Gold Dust gets the curtain call and pin um, Triple H Hunter Hersomsley one two three. So unless things change, Gold Dust will get a European title match next week against the British Bulldog. So that's how that went. So, like I said, same old fare between these two. Uh, so wash, rinse, repeat with Gold Dust and Triple H. Correct? Yeah, and I am not saying in any way, shape, or form that before this, I love Dustin and I love Hunter. Them together is, is just doesn't work for me. And I'm not saying before this Hunter was bad because Hunter was always a great wrestler. But Hunter, this king of the ring, is Hunter's about to go into the first defining feud of his career. He's about to he's about to embark on to start embarking on his journey, you know. Yeah. And once he starts and, that feud um, with Mick, once he starts that feud with Mick, yeah, it's off and, to the races. Yeah, and, and it's not like you said, not knocking anything against him, but this he went through the 
you got to eat shit and like the taste period where he was the only one that could get punished. Yep. And Vince didn't, Vince didn't want to fire him because he obviously saw something. Him and Ross saw something in him or they would have fired him. So it was probably like, you know, either fire you or we can bury you for a year. Take your pick. And he's probably just like, well, you're pay me, I guess. You know? Right. So, uh, then, so anyway, um, then the LOD, they cut a promo. And remember when um, I told you that Sean was a little slurred and he said he was going to kick his teeth down Austin's. Yeah. I'll kick Hawk my has, teeth down Hawk your throat. Has, yeah. Hawk has a great line. He says, hey, Sean, Austin, we're going to do the same exact thing to you that Sean said he was going to do last week. I'm going to kick his teeth down your throat. Fucked with him for fucking up a week ago. <laughs> and if you listen to any of their shoots after they left there, they fucking hated Sean. So they were probably mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you know, fuck with this guy. Put a little. And Vince even laughs at it. Vince... <laughs> like, it. It's like a real Vince laugh. It wasn't like a yeah. whatever. Vince, like, nah, that's funny. <laughs> you know, Vince, he likes people fucking with each other. Um, yep. So then we roll into the Legion of Doom versus um, Steve Austin and Shawn Miles. Let that sink in for a minute. Honestly. That's fucking, and that's crazy. Like this fucking roster in 97, both of them, but this one is fucking insane. The Road Warriors versus Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. Good lord. Yeah. And it's a, the it's fucking, a you talk about you talk about dream matches and stuff, you know, and you think about the like you said, the 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 level of talent in that match. And it's like here it is, a main event on Monday Night Raw in June. Yeah. You know. And it, and it's in the middle. It's in the middle. Like, and it's, it's just nuts. And um, the crowd is super into it, which why wouldn't they be? Um, they're not really booing anybody. Like, they're just cheering everything that's happening. Um, the Heart Foundation, they end up coming out, but they don't get involved. They're just observing. Um, um, Animal ends up... Um, bumping Hebner um, into Austin. Um, and then Austin ends up getting um, the title belt and he hits Hawk with the belt. Um, and then Austin and Michaels, they end up running into each other. So they get pissed off at each other and start brawling outside the ring. And um, Hebner ends up counting them out. So the Legion of Doom wins um, via count out. The match, like I said, the match, huge match. Um, but they did kind of book themselves into a corner where there wasn't any way to not have a a shit finish. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna have, you're not just gonna job out the LOD because honestly, Sean and Brett or Sean and Austin aren't like, you know, the guys you're gonna build your tag division on. They they, they basically have the belts as a storyline. Right, you know, like it's like we're not gonna make these guys aren't gonna be tag champ. Like they didn't put the belts on Austin and Michaels and being like, oh, they're gonna be champs for a year and run through everything. They had the belts for a story, so you don't bury the LOD either. So, like I said, they just kind of 
they booked a match that didn't have there was no way to have a finish that wasn't either a double DQ or a count out. So that's what they did. Um, um sorry, I lost my place here. Um, Jerry Lawler ends up coming out and he's going to do play by play. Um, they roll into the mankind sit down interviews that we've been talking about, which are awesome. And if I played them, it would be like us sitting here and just listening to like a 10 minute Mick promo, which wouldn't be bad, but that's not what I want the show to be. Um, but I did write down a line that's really good. Like it, it was a good line that that Mick said during it mm. and like they're showing all the, they're showing all the Japanese stuff and him getting busted up that and the other thing. And finally made it to the WWF and um, he says, Vince, like he's not talking to Vince saying Vince, Jim Ross is interviewing him, but basically he says, Vince McMahon, why didn't you take me when I was young and good? <laughs> Why did you wait till I was broken down and and beat up and my hips bad? Like, why didn't you take when I was young and good? Now I'm just a shell. And I was just like, man, that's, that's really fuck good. Mm-hmm. And these sit down things is one less things that were ever done to get a fuck character over. Like, yep. like I. It's a, it's a different type of promo, but this was basically him doing his Easter promo chops, you know, in the WWF, and it's fucking great. Yeah, and and Very more than one person, more than one person, including Jim Ross, Bruce Prichard, uh, Vince Russo, they have all corroborated the story that watching them shoot these things is what made Vince McMahon a Mick Foley fan. You know, up until this point, he was just a guy Vince had. Just a guy we signed. Was Jim, Jim Jim Ross and Jim Cornette talked. Yeah, Jim Ross and Jim Cornette talked me into signing him. But uh, they said that yeah. this is the, well, this this is what made Vince a fan of Mick. Did you ever hear what but um, what they said to Ross when he said he could hire him? I don't think so. Did you hear what Jim Ross said? He Vince McMahon said Jim. I'm going to let you do this because I want you to know what it's like to have somebody you love, let you down. Jesus. <laughs> he said, I will let you hire this guy just so you can learn that just because you love somebody doesn't mean they're going to do good for you. Like he hired Mick Foley thinking that Mick Foley was just going to fall flat on his face. So Vince could look at Jim Ross and be like, told you so. Yeah. It sounds like Vince. <laughs> He just looked at he looked at Cactus as just being a he didn't look like a star, he was whatever, you know. But yeah, I'm gonna let you hire him so you know what it's like to have someone you love let you down. It's like good lord. <laughs> and Jim Ross, like like, all right. Jim Jim Ross sounds like a, sounds like, a, sounds, like a, sounds like a line from a godfather oh, movie. <laughs> yeah. So um I guess that this if if you guys don't want to go back and watch anything on these shows in these last couple of weeks, watch this tale of Mick Foley and his story and how he got to where he is. Um, 
So they, they did that because um, we're now into the last match of the King of the Ring. It is um, the King of the Ring tournament, Savio Vega versus Mankind. Um, they point out that Mankind is getting cheers. Um, at one point, um, Savio um, hits all the cross body um, from the top rope to the floor, which was impressive. Um, but everything Savio did at this point was impressive. Um, Lawler is um, um, mocking mankind, heading into the like um, he's mocking mankind and healing up on mankind, and everything. And then mankind ends up attacking Lawler briefly at ringside, but that gets broken apart. And then they wind up back in the ring. And then Crush ends up striking um, Savio by mistake with the heart punch. And Mankind ends up pinning um, Savio to advance in the tournament. So um, basically the King of the Ring breaks down to the final two matches at King of the Ring to find out who will... Yeah, sorry. The semifinals of the King of the Ring are going to be Ahmed Johnson versus Triple H and Jerry Lawler versus Mankind. So that's what we're looking into next week. Um, then following the match, Crush and Savio end up brawling. Farouk comes out and he's going to try to break it up, but ends up saying, basically saying, fuck it, let him fight. And he walks away and the officials have to pull apart Crush and Savio Vega. So week by week, they're sprinkling um, hints of um, cracks in the foundation of the Nation of Domination. They haven't officially broken it yet, but Farouk's getting tired of it. And it, it, like, it was basically putting it like I think what they were trying to say with Farouk was maybe these guys finally just kind of kind of like if you're a parent and your kids keep fighting with each other eventually you might just be like you know what let it get let them get it out of their system fuck it maybe this will yeah. help you know so he just says fuck it let them be adults i'll stop fucking trying to break it up and um so he leaves and like i said the officials break it up and then something i don't understand is sid do you remember what sid um challenged the undertaker for at the beginning of the show a title match. Yes. Well, Fink goes, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. It is a non-title match. So I don't know how in the last hour and a half they decided it was a non-title match. Or I'm sure I'm sure Sid, Sid fucked, fucked up his up. promo. But either way, Sid challenged him for a title match and it got booked and now it's not for the title. Um Match does not go very long because the Nation of Domination um, ends up getting involved and the NOD ends up beating down both Undertaker and Psycho Sid. And that is how the show goes to the air with the Nation of Domination laying out Undertaker and Sid. And the match is ruled a no contest and that's how we leave it. So that is WWF Monday Night Raw from 6 to 1997. Not a bad show, not a great show, 
I just think they kind of lost their they lost their semi main with Brett and Sean. They had to scramble for that, and it was just I, I feel like some of this stuff is kind of lost its steam going into King of the Ring, which is next, which is this Sunday. So, it, it, like I said, it wasn't the greatest go home show in the world, but it wasn't the worst. There's just kind of again, again, like I said earlier, it's a lot of the backstage stuff. Um, making them have to, to to shuffle, you know, to to reshuffle the on TV program, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right. So that was the WWF Monday Night Raw from 6 to 1997. So now we will roll into WCW Nitro from 6 to 97, obviously. And they are emanating from Dayton, Ohio, which um you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Ohio isn't known as this hotbed for wrestling, but Dayton was kind of the kind of the place for the both companies to go. For some reason it was just Dayton loves them some fucking wrestling. Dayton uh, and Cleveland. More than like Yeah, but but old Dayton, they and both companies loved going there. Um it was what the hair arena and the Nutter Center. The Nutter Center, yeah. Um, so that's where they're at this week. Um, WCW Nitro starts with Hall and Six Pac start the show um, with an in-ring promo. Hall says they are there, that they are the reason everyone is watching TNT and mocked, um, sorry, mocked Roddy Piper and Kevin Green and said, uh, um, Flair's nursing is beating and is in a tar pit and with all the other fossils. Um, Six says Flair lost it. And then um, Scott Hollins ends up saying that um, Ric Flair is a worn out record of everyone's favorite song. So basically they're just burying Ric Flair. And then J.J. Dillon comes out and sets up Ric Flair and Scott Hall Um for later tonight and Scott Hall says he doesn't want to fight that he fight that he doesn't want to have that fight and there's no reason to fight Ric Flair and then Dylan gives him his reason and says that um if Rick if Scott Hall refuses to wrestle that he'll have to forfeit tag team titles so the NWO um sometimes gets a little convoluted and has some holes in it because they're like, we can compete whenever we want. You know, like, like they said that when that war games match, we can be on whatever show we want and this, that, and the other thing, I don't have any control of us, but now they're saying, Oh, if you don't like, if they have the right to compete whenever they want, you'd think they'd have the right to refuse whenever they want. You know, right. I don't know. It just, Fucking holes. You could drive a fucking truck through it. But it is what it is. So basically, Scott Hall has to face Ric Flair later tonight, um, or he'll forfeit the tag team title. So obviously, he's going to do it. Um, the opening match, unless you had anything on that. Nope. The opening match is a barn burner. It's Glacier versus Alex Wright. Um, Alex Wright ends up jump starting the match. 
Um, and he's basically broke bad now. Alex Wright's a heel. Um, he jumps, he jumps there and attacking Glacier, but Glacier ends up, um, squat that shit quick and hits Alex with the chronic kick, cryonic, cryonic kick. Sorry. And, um, then James Vandenberg ends up and distracting Glacier, um, bringing out Chris and Wrath. They beat down Glacier, and Alex Wright ends up joining in. And then um, um, Glacier is getting beat down by a guy that they're trying to get over mm-hmm. as being this new he. Okay, Alex Wright, mm-hmm. and then. Two guys that are supposed to be crazy fight pit monsters, um, Wrath and Mortis. And then guess what Glacier does? He does a kip up and then he kicks the shit out of all of them and they run away. <laughs> it's like so he's Glacier Dusty Rhodes or something. Ends up kicking the shit out of three guys and they run away. So that's that. Um, the next match is, um, even more of a bar burn, barn, barn burner. It is a buff battle with Scott Norton versus Joe Gomez. Yep. He's still around. Um, so it's a couple shit birds. Scott Norton out here, um, before the match. Gordon Bagwell cut a promo about NWO Japan because obviously um, that's where Norton is making his that's where Norton's making most of his money over in Japan. Um, Bagwell's tagging along over there, so they're integral parts of NWO Japan and um, really nothing to the match, which you would expect. Buff Bagwell ends up winning with a buff blockbuster, so good for him. Yeah, good for him. And Joe Gomez, he got on TV. Um, I had nothing to ever really say about Joe Gomez. He was just... I mean, did Joe Gomez ever do anything? You were like, oh, that was really good. No, he was just kind of there. I mean, everything I heard, he's a good guy. Whatever. Um... The next man, this, this is a rough nitro. Like, there's not a lot. Um, the next, next mat is Hugh Morris versus Prince Iakea. Um, um, as Hugh Morris is coming out, um, Conan attacks him and, and beats him up. But um, Hugh Morris and officials end up getting Conan off of him and Hugh Morris continues to the The trainers do not want Hugh Morris to um, compete in this, in this epic match because he's so hurt, but Hugh Morris being the the tough son of a bitch, he is like, I'm going to do it. And the fans go mild and, um, um, he decides to go ahead and have this match anyway, which actually to his detriment because Prince Iakea 
gets the victory off of the fact that he was just injured and beats him with a roll-up, and then Conan ends up confronting Hugh Morris again. So, <laughs> I don't have anything. This is a very this might this might sound like a like a um, non this 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 comment might sound stupid, but this is a very WCW WCW Nitro. Does that make <laughs> sense? Yeah, just kind of shits thrown together. Yeah, and it's like, what is happening? This should be on Saturday night or fucking worldwide, but fucking Hogan didn't want to work tonight. So this is what we're doing. Hogan and Nash didn't feel like showing up. So this is what we got. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so then Mean Gene um, um, interviews J.J. Dillon to discuss the tag team titles. And he says that the Steiner brothers are now the official number one contenders. And Harlem Heat come out and they take offense. They think they should be the number one contenders. And... Um, Uh, basically, JJ said they got to earn it, so um, he he's booking a match in the in the future with the Harlem Heat versus the Steiner brothers. WCW would do that a lot too. Yeah, they like, would give you no they would give you no specific specifics on when the match is yeah. going to happen. They'd be like, "This guy's the number one contender, and he's going to who wins this match is going to get a shot." At some point in the next under year, or whatever, it's like really, or just like, in the future. Yeah, in the future, he's gonna get a shot if he wins this match. Well, that could be <laughs> any match, but anyway, um, they end up then playing a video package of DDP and um, his um, rise to the top of WCW through hard work and cockolding. So DDP has gotten here because he, he he put forth the effort and he let sleep with Kimberly. So that's how he's gotten here. Um, so good for him and good God for God bless him. And <laughs> yeah, and sorry, Kim. Sorry those things had to happen to you. But anyway, um, the next match um, is. It, shit's picking up now because now you get Masahiro Chono and the Great Muda versus the Steiner brothers. You're like, fuck yeah, this will be good. Like, there's no way this is going to be bad. Um, it's a cool match, and the fans are um, finally into something. Um, they're really into the Steiners. Um, Chono went for a cross body block on um, um, Steiner who caught Chono, which is actually super impressive and put him into a suplex. And then, um, um, Muda ended up getting involved and, um, hit by Rick Steiner and Skyner with his clotheslines. Like, uh, like Muda came off the top and he got hit by a double clothesline. I can Scott, um, Chono ends up hitting, uh, Muda by mistake with his mafia kick and then the Harlem heat gets involved with, um, chairs. So, um, through 
through all of this, Shono Amuda end up winning the match, and then JJ Dillon ends up arguing with Harlem Heat again because not only did they get involved in the match, but they just gave a victory to NWO. And basically, the Harlem Heat saying they don't care about WCW or NWO. I think they should be the number one contenders for the tag belts, and they're just in it for themselves. And that is how that match ends. So there's that. I kind of wish there would have been a finish to it, but it is what it is. And it was cool seeing. Yeah, it was cool seeing the Steiners versus Muda and Chono and the the brief time they were in the ring. They had a good hard hitting and a Japanese style match, so I appreciated it. And it was like it was like the first thing on the show. You're like, all right, this feels like something that should be on fucking ENT in prime time. So I enjoyed it. Um, then Mean Gene introduces Ric Flair to the arena. Um, he cuts a promo on Scott Hall and said that um, um, <laughs> this is what he says. But do you remember when he was talking, when they were talking about how um, Flair and Piper and all them said they paved the way for everybody, but all they did was put hot holes in the ground. You remember that? Yes. This is where, <laughs> which is a good line, but kind of shitting on the people that head of you, you know? Right. This is what Flair says. This is what Flair says um, about Scott Hall. He's like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stomp a pothole in his toothpick chewing. Honky white ass. <laughs> it's it's a hat on a hat, but it's funny. <laughs> it's still he called him. I love ever anybody calls somebody else a honky. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I've never understood honky. Like what? Like where it came from? But whenever anybody calls somebody that, I fucking love it. You fucking honky. But anyway, that's what he says. This toothpick chewing honky white ass. Like, yeah, give it to him, Rick. <laughs> so, um, like I said, Flair's amped up. He's ready to fight Scott Hall. So they're putting forth that match. It's going to be your main event. Oh, excuse me. The next match is... Um, uh, Michael Wall Street, M. Wall Street, that's what they're calling him, in his um, no WCW shirt, stupid fucking gimmick, stupid angle, whatever. Um, he's facing Dean Malenko for the United States Championship. Um, Jeff Jarrett ends up getting involved, but Patrick um, uh, ends up not allowing, like, uh, how do I say it? D- Jeff Jarrett and Dean Malenko, they're going to be fighting at the pay-per-view for the U.S. title. It's just a match. Jarrett's the contender, but now he's trying to screw with Dean. He tries to get involved, um, but Nick, Nick sees it and kicks um, Wall Street's, um, like Wall Street's trying to hold the ropes to pin Malenko, and um, uh, Patrick kicks his feet off the ropes, and then... Um, Dean Malenko ends up hitting the cro- the 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 clover leaf on um, 
Wall Street and Nick Patrick supposedly, according to Bobby Heenan and what got in the way of Wall Street getting to the ropes and he ended up having to tap out. And basically Bobby's trying to say that like Nick Patrick fucked Michael Wall Street here. That's just what they're trying to get over. It, it was a convoluted, just stupid match. And I didn't really, <laughs> it's the only time I've ever said this, but I didn't really enjoy a Dean Malenko match. It's like, I don't want to see Dean wrestle Jeff Jarrett. I like both right. guys, but I don't want to watch that match. I think it's going to be boring. And, and I don't really, unless he's IRS, I don't want to see Michael Wall Street do anything. So <laughs> I just, the whole finish and what they're trying to do, it's just a very boring like storyline that doesn't need to be there. So it was. Everybody, was. everybody involved was uh, treading water. Yeah. Um, then Mean Gene interviews Jeff Jarrett, um, and he talks about wanting to fight Malenko again, and Malenko accepts. And then um, McMichael then confronts Jeff Jarrett, and um, and then talking about him still trying to get with whatever, and then um, McMichael cuts a promo on Kevin Green. It's like just so much like just why is this shit still happening? <laughs> like, I don't want to see any of this. I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael do anything together ever again. But it just never fucking stops. I hate it. It's 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 gold dust and triple H of ECW, but it's not good at all. Like at least right. At least Gold Dust and Triple H had like you know good matches. <laughs> These guys just—it's I don't know. I don't want to see it at all. But it just keeps happening, and I—I I don't know what else to say about it. And if the payoff was eventually going to be Michael Wall Street versus Nick Patrick, who wants to see that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's almost like, well, if we're using them, if we're paying them, we might as well use them. You know, that type of thing or whatever. But it's like, this, this should be on fucking Worldwide, not Nitro. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've spent more time on it than it deserves. Um, the next match. Sorry. Um, the next match is Cyclope and Damien six 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 versus Harlem Heat, and uh, the match is going on. And the Steiner brothers end up returning the favor from earlier and attacking Harlem Heat behind the ref's back, which allows Cyclope to hit a move off the top rope. And he pins Stevie Ray and um, Cyclope and Damien get a victory over Harlem Heat due to the Steiner Brothers' appearance. So they're still getting that over. This is a bad um, Nitro. There's not, this is a very bad Nitro. This Nitro sucks. Like, it, it, nothing is going on. 
Um, until now. And I say until now because it's it's not the longest match in the world, but it's um, two guys that I want to see fight each other. It is Barbian with Jimmy Hart versus Chris Benoit. I'm like, hells yeah. <laughs> I want to see this. Um, um, how do I say it? It's not long, but it's sudden, if that makes sense. Like these guys, mm-hmm. they're not going to get a lot of time. Time they're going to get, they're going to go out there. They're going to lay it into each other. And I guarantee none of it was malicious. You know what I mean? Like neither guy was like, yeah, man, we'll just go out there and we'll do our thing. And then one of them hit one of the other ones and they and hit the other one. They both probably just looked at each other and said, let's just anything go out there and lay it the on. Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> anything but the eyes and the teeth. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. So they go out there and they have a good stiff television match. Um, Benoit has to beat Barbarian to get to Kevin Sullivan. Um, Benoit ends up taking a... Um, um, he, he Barbarian kind of overshot a little bit, and he went to like do like the... You drop the guy on his stomach, like over the top rope. You know? But Benoit... Like overshot it a little bit too much, I think, and he ends up taking it on his knees, which looked rough, and he ends up falling out. But Benoit recoups, getting in the ring, ends up getting the um, crippler crossface on Barbarian, who who tapped, and Bobby makes a big deal about it. Which, if it would have been any other commentator, they just would have been like, "Oh, there it is. There's the victory." But Bobby's like, "I've never seen Barbarian tap out for anybody." You know, basically yeah. he's putting over his buddy and doing a good job with it. So Barbarian ends up tapping out to Benoit. Bobby puts it over, um, and Benoit then demands Kevin Sullivan. But Hart says no. At the Great American Bash. Um, have to beat Meng in a death match to be able to face Chris Benoit or to be able to face Kevin Sullivan. And obviously Benoit accepts. So I don't only get to see Chris Benoit versus Barbarian in a good little TV match, but at the view, we get to watch Chris Benoit face Meng. So that's gonna be fucking awesome. And and not not a I mean obviously it's not a spoiler alert because most people have seen it that are listening to a show like this, but um, that is actually one of the best matches of 1997 coming up. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so do you have anything on that? I do not. Um, the, the only thing I got on it is that I enjoy the fact that, and I'm sure it was, it was probably Sullivan, I the fact that he's taken himself completely off of the TV. You know what I mean? Because it's like the feud's still going, but it's not every week these guys just fighting each other into the throne. You know what I mean? Like, like, right? They, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it hasn't jumped the shark because he let the shark stay in the water a little bit, and right. 
I just I I, I I'm enjoying Benoit being with like these guys. I, I'm enjoying it. It's my little guilty let, pleasure thing we're watching me, right now. Let letting the anticipation build. So plus it's all guys that I'm fans of, man, fucking Benoit and Barbarian. These guys wrestle all the fucking time. So now we roll into our main event. Scott Hall versus Ric Flair. Um, Six is getting involved in the match a lot. Um, And I know that through promos from our promos, shoots and everything from each guy that they weren't like the biggest fans of each other. But I really like Scott Hall and Ric Flair working together. Like, mm-hmm. were they? They were two guys, and and I I I know you love Kevin Ash. I love Kevin Ash too. But if he didn't like somebody, he'd fuck them. You know what I mean? Like he'd sandbag them or he'd make them look stupid. And and for everything you want to say about Shawn Michaels, he'd do the same thing. He'd sandbag a motherfucker or or act ridiculous or or, or not put something over or whatever. Flair all weren't that way though, you know. Even though we don't like each other, we're still gonna go out there and we're gonna have our fucking match and we're gonna be professional. We're in the ring and they they worked really well together in this match. Um, and like I said, six is all he's bumping all over the place on the outside of the ring. Uh, Flair ends up going for the figure four. Six gets involved and he tag belt on Flair. So then Ric Flair wins via disqualification, and then. Uh, Scott Hall and Six end up beating down Flair until Steve McMichael comes out and runs off with the briefcase. And Jeff Jarrett was out there too, but he didn't really do anything. Like he came in all said and done. Like the NWL already ran away, and then Jarrett shows up and he's acting like he did something. And that is how that match ends. So, a fuck finish, but whatever. That's WCW. Man, that was a bad Nitro. Raw definitely won the week. Um, it's not done yet. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You said main event, and I thought it was over. <laughs> but oh, there's a there's a non there's a non wrestling thing coming up. No, oh, okay, gotcha. But anyway, I was just gonna but say you're right. It um, I I was just gonna say with Flair and and Hall too. Um, it doesn't. Another thing that doesn't get talked about enough. Is speaking of them working together well. And I know it's not 97, but um, I really enjoyed Ric Flair, Scott Hall together in WWF, the, the Ric Flair Razor Ramon yeah. deal in like the fall of 92. Yeah, that was good too. And that was that was before their heat though too. Like, Right, right. But I'm just saying, I, you, when you said about them working well together, I thought they work well together against each other, but... They don't. It doesn't get enough credit for how well they worked together because they, for some reason, the Razor Ramon and Ric Flair thing just meshed. You know. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like too arrogant. It was the same character, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like, just different arrogance type things to the characters. Like Scott Hall's character was. Like the Ray's own character was arrogant because he could, he knew he could kick the shit out of you. And Flair, 
yeah. But anyway, you're, you're right. And I enjoyed them together and I enjoyed watching them work together too. And I, like I said, I, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about with, um, um, Flair and, and six, if there wouldn't have been this NWO minutia involved where everything had to end with a fuck fish and trying to get like nuclear heat or whatever. It's like, these guys could have had a good 20 minute map, but it was what it was. Um, and then Shivani and Bobby are going to recap the end of the show or recap show at the end to go into the sign off. But the NWO music starts back up and Macho Man ends up dragging me and Gene out to the ring. And Gene's doing the whole, you know, I'm going to get my lawyers. You better not touch me and this, that, and another thing. Um, and then, um, Flair or Savage ends up talking about DDP and says that um, he's the greatest of all time and this, that other thing. And then Mean Gene says that someone needs to bring Macho Man back down to earth. And the person is going to be DDP. And then JJ comes out and um, this allows Mean Gene his opportunity to bail out of the ring because Savage has turned his attention to um, JJ Dillon. And J.J. Dillon ends up saying that he no longer um, respects the Macho Man. And the Macho Man says that he's never back J.J. And they're going back and forth. And then says that Randy Savage is a coward who's hiding behind um, hiding behind the NWO and Liz. And then Savage ends up beating up J.J. Dillon. And... Um, really trying to kick the shit out of him and Eric Bischoff ends up coming out and, and stopping Savage from attacking JJ more. And like saying, he's going to, you're going to get fine. You're going to get suspended. And he pulls him off. And that is how the show ends. Terrible nitro. Just, yeah, but it's just a bad nitro. Just a bad nitro. Yeah. I, 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 Usually I could say, oh, I enjoyed this aspect of it. I enjoyed that aspect of it. If the only thing I can hang my hat on is, I shouldn't even say it that way. Like, really, the only thing I enjoyed was um, seeing the Steiner brothers face Muda and Chono. But I like any time I get to watch Muda. You know what I mean? Anytime you get to see him, it's a, it's a, it's a, a treat. And then. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I enjoyed I enjoyed Barbarian and Chris Benoit just because they're both in like my top twenty favorite wrestlers of all time, and I knew there was going to be a hard hitting match. And that Nitro just kind of shit the bed and really didn't do anything, in my opinion. Furthered nothing, and just it was just bland and nothing happened on it. So that was WCW Nitro. I would say Raw won the week. Oh yeah, um, I'd have to look at the ratings, but just oh, I'm sure Nitro is. I'm sure Nitro won the ratings at this point, but Raw definitely won the week creatively. Yes. Um, so with that being said, um, we're going to close up this week of the year that was 1997, and uh, going into next week, uh, we will be reviewing. 
King of the Ring 1997, which is kind of a bag of a show, but it's not the worst, but it's not the best. But we'll just sit and um, I appreciate you guys listening and following along with us. And I'll let Nate do his plugs here at the end of the show. He's the he's the grand puma of everything. So most definitely check out all the shows here on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. And you can find us on Facebook. Look up WrestleNet Radio. Uh, you can also, Aaron has a group for this page, The Year That Was. There's a We Can't Wrestle podcast group, Reliving the Extreme. Um, so anyway, wherever you get your podcast, you can get any of our shows from the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. Check them out. I will put them up against, as far as entertaining-wise, I will put them up against any shows on the market in pod, in wrestling podcasts. Yes. And like I said, I've said it a bunch because it's a big word that I know. Listen to us because we're not pretentious. And join our Facebook group because we will communicate back with you. We're not too big to talk back and have a good time and we'll ever um, allow ourselves to think we're anything we anything that we aren't and we're the little podcast group that could we're we're the best and wrestling wise we're the best and like, like I said listen to all the shows all the guys on here are great and I appreciate everybody that listens to this and everybody that listens to all the other shows. So thank you for listening. And like I said, next week, King of the Ring. It's going to be a good time. Hopefully all of us are together then. But if not, it'll be me and Nate. And it'll still be good. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you. Thank you.